Good afternoon. I don't know if it was morning or afternoon, and I always do that now that I'm working nights. And it was a pretty solid night last night at um, Wegmans. I sort of made it clear to the bosses that I've been busting my ass unloading the truck. And if any of the other guys unloading the truck want to say something about me because I have to go to the bathroom or something during loading the truck or whatever, I'm going to kick somebody's ass, you know? I'm still pretty fit from my age. <laughs> and the bosses were like, um, they were like worried. They're like, you coming back tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. There was a little bit of air to clear, I guess. And um, I feel better that I cleared it, man, because I'm busting my ass at that job. Um, it doesn't pay particularly a lot of money, you know? Um, there's other jobs that I could get doing something similar. Um, but I do enjoy working at Wegmans because it's such a good place to work. It's so clean, you know. It's the top of the um, it's the top of the standard when you come to um, any sort of grocery stores. Uh, it's right there with Whole Foods. I don't know if you have those out in Pittsburgh, but you know it's really good. Uh, it's a good group of people to work with too. And there's just a couple of dicks um, unloading the truck that uh, I don't particularly like. But, you know, I think I cleared that out, you know. I'm not at work to make friends, you know. And you guys should always keep this in mind, too. Uh, But also, if you want to keep a good um, zen aura, you know, you got to let that stuff go as well. And I think that's what I did last night is I was just like, I just took one of the bosses aside and told him, hey, man, I hear these guys are talking about me like when I'm not around, um, that's not cool, you know, and, you know, just getting that off my chest, I felt better, and then the bosses were all, like, pretty cool about it, so, I mean, they need people, right, um, it is very snowy out right now, I mean, the snow, um, the snow, I wouldn't even say, like, flurries, it's just, like, chunks of snow now, and it's probably going to turn over to rain, I think it's a it's a mathematical certainty that it's going to turn over to rain at some point. But um, for right now, we got a couple quick inches of snow, and it looks really nice. And that is where we're at here on, I believe, December 22nd. We are two days away from Christmas Eve. So really, I'm only working um, tonight. I work a seven-hour night um, unloading the truck and then stocking the shelves. And then tomorrow night, the 23rd, And then I'm heading to an Airbnb in downtown Philadelphia, where I lived for years. You know, um, I am getting a um, Airbnb with our two dogs and my wife. I should put my wife first. (laughs) You know, she wouldn't like that very much. Um, But uh, my sister lives down there. My dad lives down there. My nephews live down there. And uh, my kids are going to be down there. So this year, uh, and we kind of have to split it up sometimes. We try to do both like see my wife's family and my family on Christmas, but that just gets too hectic. And this year, and we might just do it every other year just to keep it from being hectic and keep it from being like a source of annoyance, you know? Like Christmas, you shouldn't have to, it shouldn't be one of the most stressful days of the year. It should be a nice relaxing day that you get to spend with your family. And okay, Christmas Eve, this is pretty exciting stuff, I think, you know? Um, we get to see Kenny. Now, I don't know if I'll get to see it. I might be on the road, but I should be able to see a decent amount of it. Um, Kenny Pickett on the mound 
um, versus um, another team that's competing for the playoffs. And it just happens to be the Raiders. Um, The Raiders and the Steelers both have storied franchises. The Raiders, of course, now are in Las Vegas. Um, And they actually both have a shot at the playoffs this year because that's how bad the, the AFC is. A couple of teams, well, the Jets got off to a nice start. And I think they're done, you know, just like the New York Giants. Both New York teams got off to nice starts and they're done. They're not that good. Um, The Giants barely beat Washington last week. And pretty much the story of the week was how they got robbed on a couple of calls. So, yeah, I'm not thinking that the Giants are going to do any damage in the playoffs this year. I don't think the Jets are going to make the playoffs this year. I think the Patriots have a better chance than the Jets, obviously because of their coach. And they have a little better quarterback, but and probably mm, a pretty close to as good a defense. So overall, and the Patriots swept the the Jets this year. So overall, I would give the Patriots the edge over um, the Jets as far as making the playoffs. But I guess the point is that you couldn't ask for more on Christmas Eve than um, your young draft pick, Kenny Pickett, and it's a historic draft pick because the guy played for Pitt. And then he slid all the way to the Steelers. There was some question of whether, because quarterbacks usually go higher. There was some question that he was going to go higher. Of course, he could have gone lower, too. But he was there. And the fact that the fans wanted every, all the fans wanted them to take Pickett and they took Pickett, it, just right there is pretty cool, you know? Not that it was necessarily the best pick. We don't know yet. But it certainly set up. This Christmas Eve where you get to stay, sit with your family, um, drink a little eggnog, and watch the Pittsburgh Steelers with a shot, albeit like a small shot, with a, still a shot to make the playoffs. After a rough start. Sorry, it's this morning or this afternoon I have vape and green tea. So that, And I had a piece of candy because um, my wife is a teacher and somebody gave her these GR Deli chocolate squares with mint chocolate, milk chocolate on the outside and soft caramel on the inside. And uh, those things are pretty good, you know. And I also had a bowl of cereal. Um, So I'm rocking and rolling this morning, man. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rip. And really the the main thing today, I think, is Brian Reynolds. I've never seen so much smoke um, around Brian Reynolds in one day. Um, yesterday on all the talk shows in New York, they were talking about how Brian Reynolds was, um, you know, the Yankees were hot on Brian Reynolds. And then this morning, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of YouTube pages and stuff like that, but one of these YouTubers said, I don't know how they can say this definitively, but said that, um, Brian Cashman called, um, Ben Sherrington this morning, uh, December 22nd to discuss Brian Reynolds. Now, here's the thing with Reynolds. I don't care what we get for him particularly. You know, it's going to be a what are young guys or whatnot. You know, you're never going to get value for Brian Reynolds. But here's the amazing thing about Brian Reynolds, right? We got him in a trade. He actually panned out. He has been the best player on the Pirates since Andrew McCutcheon. And before McCutcheon, it's probably, um, uh, and what was that guy? Brian Giles, maybe, or... Um, there's a couple guys that were decent before McCutcheon, you know, after 1993 when um, really when the franchise went downhill, when um, 
Barry Bonds walked, you know. But in any case, there's been three or four players on the Pittsburgh Pirates in the last 30 years that are as good as Brian Reynolds. You know how long we got Brian Reynolds? Three full years. That's it. Three years of Brian Reynolds. And the Pirates fans will sometimes complain about Brian Reynolds because I think that they they know he's going to be traded. And they want something to bitch about. And they always think these prospects, which is a joke. You know, I tell this every damn show. They always think the prospects are going to be just as good as a Brian Reynolds, which is far, far from reality. Very rarely does a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates end up with someone like Brian Reynolds. A team that drafts like the Pirates and trades like the Pirates actually ends up with someone like Brian Reynolds, you know, an all-star. Um, a guy that had a 920 OPS, and he has a career OPS of 847, and he hit 27 home runs last year. He had eight triples the year before and 24 home runs. Um, yeah, he goes through a slump once in a while. And the fans have to point out when he's going, oh, what's wrong with Reynolds? Oh, he's only good every other year. And it's just ridiculous. Just, just how stupid some of the things that Pittsburgh Pirates fans say about Brian Reynolds. Because he is clearly the best player on the team. He was the only one, the only really good player that was going to be on this team for a period of time. And the fanboys are still, now they're still in denial, basically. This is what they do, right? And, God, it was the worst episode ever of Bucks in the Basement when they were like, oh, good, Brian Reynolds says he wants to be traded. Good for you, Brian. We don't care. You know, first of all, that's the problem is they don't care, right? I mean, they should care about their best player. And secondly, they're making it sound like we could keep him as long as we want. You know, we could keep him for three more years if we want to. You know that's not going to happen. He asked for a trade. Then all these teams that were salivating over Reynolds, they're just like, they have Reynolds up on their board because these teams want to win. The Pirates don't particularly want to win. And they would. it would be nice for them to get rid of Reynolds' salary. They wouldn't mind, you know, getting rid of that $7 million bucks that's guaranteed next year. So they know it's probably going to hurt. Ticket sales, I guess, somewhat. But ticket sales blow right now anyway. And I am somewhat surprised that the Pittsburgh Pirates actually went out and got some fringe major league players for next year. I mean, Carlos Santana is old as dirt. But at least we have a first baseman, as long as he stays healthy, um, who actually plays first base. It's not Diego Castillo or Chavis or somebody else that doesn't play first base at first base, like Josh Van Meter. So at least we got a first baseman. We got Choi as a backup. Um, We got a guy that we drafted in the first round in 2014. Not a particularly good player, but a nice, like, a guy that has a positive war in baseball. You know, we got him back. Um, Connor Joe. Kind of weird, a guy with two first names. Um, So we have some players, you know. Again, I'm not really sold on uh, the catcher. Well, we got a defensive catcher that hit 161 last year. And then we have a prospect. Now, as far as prospects go, um, the guy we have coming up at catcher, Andy Rodriguez, is certainly the best we got hitting-wise 
on the Pittsburgh Pirates. But he's still a rookie. You know, you don't know what he's going to do. He's still a prospect. You don't know that he's going to pan out. You just never know until you see it. Um, second base, we have um, Rodolfo Castro. That dude's just a clown, you know, and he's a clown that strikes out a lot. And I don't like him. I don't like Rodolfo Castro. I liked him before he started being like a hot dog guy. So we got no second baseman, but hopefully, again, this is a rookie, and it's a Pirates first-round draft pick. First-round draft picks of the Pirates rarely pan out, maybe like 20% of the time, two every 10 years. You get a decent first-round draft pick. And some people don't even consider Kevin Newman a good first-round draft pick, but at least he's a guy that you know put together a bunch of um, at-bats for the Pittsburgh Pirates and played some really good defense. But the fanboys never really liked Brian, or, um, Kevin Newman either. So the first-round draft picks that panned out were based, and they were very high ones, um, Garrett Cole and um, Jamison Talion. And Talion, he's had a lot of issues, right? So I'm going to say that he panned out. Um, he signed for a decent contract for the Cubs this year. Um, I think he panned out. You know, maybe not the best first round draft pick, but he panned out. I don't know that um, that some of those other draft picks have panned out like that slugger that we had in 2014. Um, Again, there's so much of a hodgepodge. I barely remember the guy's name. But, you know, we had that Pedro Alvarez. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that he panned out as a first round draft pick. Was he as good as Newman? You know what? I guess he's as good as Newman, right? Like, he has more power, worse defense. Um, so, yeah, if, if you think Newman panned out, maybe you think that he panned out. But they were both hyped to be much better than they are. And, of course, I'm, you know, I'm getting around to Nick Gonzalez, who's been really disappointing this year. And, really, the whole minor league system was disappointing this year for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Sands one or two players. It was really disgraceful, actually, what went on in Bradenton and Greensboro. Highly disappointing what went on in Altoona and very mediocre what went on in Indianapolis. So we got another young guy. We have no idea what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with O'Neill Cruz. He may, you know, take it to the next level. He may regress a little bit. We don't know. We do know that there's been a lot of players that have been just as hyped up as O'Neill Cruz that have fizzled out. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But again, He's a young guy. We don't really know what we're getting. Key Brian Hayes is the one guy on this team that we know is there, and we know that's who it is, and he's the guy. And we love his defense. The Sunflower Seeds was really, really disappointing. And offensively, he's been pretty disappointing. I can't complain too much about Key Brian Hayes. You know, he's still the best player on the team now, or at least the best hitter on the team. Probably the best player. I mean, he's better than Mitch Keller, I would think. Slightly. Um, we got Key Brian Hayes. And then we have, once Reynolds is gone, we have no outfielders. We got a question mark in Jack Sawinski, a guy with less than like 600 at-bats in, in the major leagues. We have no idea what he's doing. We got another unproven rookie in center field, um, that uh, Asian dude. And then... In the other outfield position, I guess we have Connor Joe. I mean, I don't know who you throw out there. And then we have that bust from the Yankees as our DH. Um, Miguel Andujar or Miguel Aguilar or Miguel whatever. 
Doesn't matter. If he does, if he hits better than 180, maybe I'll learn his name. But until that, until then, he's Miguel Andujar or whoever he might be, you know. So the team is awful. The bullpen, we still haven't officially signed that guy. I think that guy realized, uh, he, I don't know if something happened with his physical or maybe he just realized, like, maybe I don't want to go to the Pirates and, and officially sign this contract. <laughs> but I don't think it's been official yet that the one relief pitcher that we actually signed that didn't have an ERA of five, I don't think he's officially signed yet. So we got that. So the one guy, other than people like o, what to watch O'Neill Cruz, but he's an unproven commodity, right? The only proven commodity that people go, come to the ballpark to see other than maybe Mitch Keller, um, other than maybe David Bednar, if they actually have a lead, is Brian Reynolds. And we got him for three seasons because I'm throwing out 2020, 2019, 2021, and 2022. That's all you got. I mean, how many seasons are we going to get if, um, you know, if O'Neill Cruz pans out? How many seasons are we going to get from him? Four full seasons? Now, four full seasons would be a lot, right? Uh, I don't know that we'll get that many because we um, we played with his uh, eligibility last year. So his first full year would be 2023, 2024, 2025, and 2026. I don't think that we get him a full year of 2026, you know. At some point, it's O'Neill Cruz requests to be traded, and he's traded at the deadline in 2026. So we got three full years of Reynolds. What are we going to get? Three and a half, four and a half years of O'Neill Cruz. And we don't know if any of these other guys are going to pan out. I don't care what they were drafted, what they did in the minor leagues. They're unproven commodities until otherwise said, you know. So the best case scenario right now is because Andy Rodriguez is a guy um, who is from, you know, one of these other countries. He probably wants to get like a nice chunk of money so he can take care of his family. The best case scenario is we extend Andy Rodriguez because I don't think there's any way that O'Neill Cruz is signing an extension. As I've said before, guy's got a big ego. Um, he probably would like to play for one of these teams that has a chance at a World Series, particularly since his buddy played for um, Houston and won a World Series. Um, I, I don't think he wants to stay in Pittsburgh any longer than he has to. So the best case scenario for the Pirates in the next several years is that Andy Rodriguez signs like one of these eight-year extensions. I don't think the Pirates would go more than eight years. And they're probably only going to give him like $80 million. But that would be a good deal for the Pirates and for the Pirates fans. Does it mean they're ever going to throw a winning team out there? I don't think so. Does it mean they're heading in the right direction? Tim Williams thinks so. He always thinks so. Or at least he says he thinks so. So he can sell his Pirates prospects garbage. But until these young guys prove it in the major league, and think about this. It takes three or four years to really prove yourself as a major leaguer. It took Trey Turner like five years to really prove himself as a, as a big leaguer. We don't have anybody that long, you know, except maybe Andy Rodriguez and Key Brian Hayes. So what are we going to have? Two guys that you could buy their um, jersey, you know, because they're on their team for an extended period of time. Two guys. 
And the fanboy media will constantly have you... They'll, they'll make it sound like trading Reynolds was a good thing. You know, whether we get Volpe or Dominguez or whoever we get from the Yankees in these next couple days, um, they will make it sound like it's a good thing. Of course, it's not a good thing. As I've pretty much tried to say here is that in the last 30 years, we've got three or four guys that were that good. Um, Brian Giles, there was that other, Jason Bay, um, Andrew McCutcheon, and Brian Reynolds. And maybe you throw Starling Marte in there. But how long did we really have him? A decent amount of time, I guess. Maybe you throw Garrett Cole in there. I mean, of course you would, but we didn't have him for very long. So it takes three or four years just to establish yourself as a major league player. And by that time, 90% of these guys are gone, of the good guys are gone. We only got Brian Reynolds for three full years before he left Pittsburgh. Three years! And 2020, which doesn't really count. And that is just a sad state of affairs. And Tim Williams dares to tell you that, um, you know, if you're, you're an idiot, if you don't realize this team is heading in the right direction. You know what? You could bite me, dude. You know, you just keep smoking your weed every day, 24 hours a day, because you have no idea. You have, if you ever had any idea what you were talking about, that ship has sailed, you know? And I actually, I looked him up the other day and I read some article and it was just some nonsense article. He was still talking about how the Pirates have this player-centric philosophy in the minor leagues. It's not a player-centric philosophy. You're playing guys at, you're playing shortstops in the outfield. You're playing third baseman at catcher. You're just throwing guys all around. You know, it's a hodgepodge. You're batting guys that are pitchers. You're pitching guys that are batters. You don't know what the hell you're doing in the minor leagues. We had a horrible season in the minor leagues. And he's still pushing this narrative that, oh, this player-centric um, philosophy has really helped the Pittsburgh Pirates in the minor leagues. Oh, God, this guy Tim Williams is just awful. You know, he's just, I cannot read this garbage that he throws out there. And I think I'm the only one. And I'm not honking my own horn or anything, but I swear I've listened to some of these other podcasts. I really think I'm the only one that really tells the truth about what's going on with this team, you know? I mean, the truth is out there. All you have to do is look at the numbers, but people tell it in a different way. You know, they'll put a different spin on it, as if Henry Davis, who, what, I comp to um, Redbeard, you know? Henry Davis is coming up in a couple years. Big deal, man, you know? The guy hasn't done anything. He didn't even do well in double A. And this is the point that I really try to drill into your head. Until a guy is established for three or four years in the major leagues, you have no idea. I don't care how much he's hyped up. I don't care what his stats are in the minors. You have no idea if this guy is going to be a good baseball player. And it's very unlikely that anybody that the Pittsburgh Pirates have in the minor leagues right now is ever going to be Brian Reynolds. And we had him for three years. Any of these guys in the entire system, and I'll even include whoever we draft this year, they're unlikely to become Brian Reynolds. And if they do, you may only have that guy for three or four years. That's the Pittsburgh Pirates. So don't tell me this team's heading in the right direction. At the very best, they're heading in circles on the road to nowhere.
Enjoy your holiday season. Peace out.